What's going on, everybody? It is your host, Chris, here with episode 47. Should I play that? What's going on, everybody? Um, another week, we're here with another episode, and we're here to have some fun. We're here to talk about uh, some next-gen stuff. We're here to talk about, uh, you know, whether or not people need demos anymore. It's a real... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, it's a thing. But... This week, I got Rod in the building. Rod, how you doing, man? What's going on? Good. I, I'm here. You know, I love how, you know, you introduce me like a special guest, and it's a good feeling. You know, I'm Cause, here every cause, week. Because you but... are a very special guest. You're always a special guest. Wow. That just warms my ice-cold heart. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how you doing? How was your last week? How's how's life? Uh, it's good, man. I finally saw a movie for the first time in a month, which is like... Wow. insane yeah <laughs> exactly yeah like that knowing me that's that is like going without water for like a few days um but yeah i've just been you know as i've spoken about a little bit before on the show like i've been really busy with doing moving stuff and just haven't gotten out to a theater and i'm just not overly familiar with the area and i have to have like the most premium of experiences of course so i mean like i'm not paying for like some subpar stuff you know um but I finally did it. There was a Dolby Cinema. There's actually two Dolby Cinemas that are actually closer to me than ever before, which is really nice. And I actually haven't been to one yet. Um, it, yeah, okay. it, it's a part of an AMC. And uh, like the Dolby Cinema experience in general is, is AMC exclusive, I believe. And I had like, you know, from Christmas, I got a, I had a gift card for from Fandango. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll use it on this because it's ex- expensive as hell. It is like... 20 bucks, 21 bucks for a ticket. Uh, wait, a single ticket? A single ticket. A single ticket. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. But, but, oh. I, the, with the, the caveat though is that it is actually really, really great. Like it's probably one of the best theater experiences you could, you could get. So that, that ticket price does come with like, actual quality like they're not bullshitting you here it's it's actually really really good so the thing that makes it really great is that it's actually projected in like native 4k uh with it with an actual 4k projector and it actually so the the little promo in the very beginning you know how in in the theaters you know you'll have like a bunch of you know you might have some Coke advertisements, then you'll have like the AMC or the Regal or whatever like they'll kind of advertise their own thing mm-hmm. um what they'll do with this one is like it's it's literally like a Dolby AMC kind of uh, plug in, you know, kind of showcasing what it does. And as soon as the logo for Dolby pops up, it is extremely white on an extremely black background, and it is it actually says like yes, the projector is still on because it like goes dark, and it's it's actually super solid black. So that's kind of the the advantage to something like that. And, and this kind of translates into gaming as well, because, you know, 4K HDR is, is only going to get bigger, especially with these next gen consoles. Um, it's, it's really cool seeing it blown up on a, on a really big screen like that and seeing like how some of these films are meant to look. It really makes the colors pop a lot more. Um, it, everything is more vibrant. And like I said, that the blacks are completely black. It's not like crushed blacks, which is kind of like a grayish tint that you might notice if something is yeah. really, really dark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. And, and obviously it's a Dolby Atmos sound system. You have like, uh, rumble in your seats. Like it's so loud. Like they, they actually put 
literal rumble in your seats, uh, which is pretty cool. It helps enhances things. Okay, um, so you, you're pretty much getting everything at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're getting everything, and it's not like and, and don't think of it like a like a, one of those D box experiences it's not that like it's not one of those like you know you they spray water on you and all that other stuff it's not that at all it's i would really say like this is a premium experience like a a film lover's dream basically is what this is with like completely like a sound that covers the entire area like it's a spatial sound which is crazy so so are you are you seeing these like are you seeing specific movies like this or are you seeing every movie like this Oh, like just me in general? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I will see like any movie I, I, if it makes sense. Like, you know, it, now they do. Now, this is reserved for like one theater that they have it in, like out of maybe 10 or 12 theaters. Like you'll only see the Dolby Theater in in one of those auditoriums. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll they'll run like, you know, one movie. Generally, they won't run like multiple movies at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, for example, I went to go see uh, 1917 um, and that was and that was running for probably until maybe next week because i would assume maybe like bad boys takes over mm-hmm. um but yeah like that's what i'll do i mean if it makes sense like john wick you know something big the next christopher no- well the next christopher nolan i have to see like on an actual imax screen like a real film imax but like most premium like huge blockbuster experiences yeah like i'll definitely try to go t- to that theater from now on and i'm gonna get a list at some point soon so it yeah won't oh so wait a list covers those type of screenings too right yes yes it does y- yeah listen at that point you might as well just get a list yeah exactly that's the thing is like if i'm planning on going to this thing for more than like once a month which i mean i probably would then it's absolutely worth it because at 21 dollars a pop it's you know it's already paying for itself exactly much. yeah Hmm, that's interesting. I think at some point, me and you should go see a movie like that. I, I'm interested. You have me. You have, I'm, I'm intrigued right now. Dude, yeah, you really should. I, you haven't even, you haven't been to my, the, the new spot yet. So I think that we should definitely do that. You know, All hang right. out, get, grab yeah. a beer, play some Oculus, you know. Hey, we good. When speaking about Oculus, <laughs> I, we could, we could go ahead and jump into our what you've been playing. So Rod. Oh, wrong screen. Rod. What you been playing? <laughs> Just a couple of things here. Some multiplayer bits I've been kind of dabbling in and out of. I plan on getting some single player stuff done next week, so definitely stay tuned for what I'll be diving into then. But this week was a lot of kind of comfort food gaming, I would say, and mm-hmm. that included Modern Warfare, which I thought was notable to mention this week because that game is like really growing on me every single week. Like I, I came, I came out of the gate like really liking it. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not a space, it's not a, a situation where you know, oh man, I I don't you know, I don't know how I feel about this, and then I'm kind of steadily growing to like it. I already really enjoyed it, but now it's like I'm getting the flow down. Like, my Call of Duty mojo is coming back, baby. Like, it's it's coming back strong. I'm I'm really getting pretty decent at the game. I mean, I still get mopped up every now and then, but, like... And I think that really... happens mm-hmm. in Call of Duty. Like, every now and then you'll jump into a lobby, and, like, you'll just get stomped by... Like, and I think me and you were playing, we were playing like hard point and our team never got a point like <laughs> at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did play like that. Yeah. Um, it was it that one map where it's, it's so the, the, is it headquarters or something? And like, it's, there's like a bunch of crates or boxes. It's a very small area. Yeah. I feel like, 
Um, but yeah, you, me, and uh, and Cedric, we we all played, and it was it was really really good. Um, I th- I felt like I felt like I was kind of hot on some of those games. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what was it? Those couple games where you were getting up there with the kill streaks. I was like, yo, that helicopter over our heads. Is that you, right? Is that you? <laughs> Showed up. I saw your name pop up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so satisfying. Like, and I'm I'm really getting into the the rhythm of not only just like the moment to moment gameplay, but kind of specking out my character and and my loadouts and and what I want to kind of use in which situation. And I think part of the learning curve of these first person shooters like this, especially these like military ones, uh, is is really learning the maps. That's it. Um, you know. Yeah, that's the key point. Learning the maps. Um, and I. I I, I guess I sort of agree with you with, like, um, after just playing for so long. Like, I also played it, you know, this week, too. Um, like, just testing out different guns, seeing what you really like. Just like, yeah. adding attachments, because that was something that me and Sedge weren't doing for a little bit. <laughs> um, and then, like, I guess I picked up, like, a, a blueprint for a gun and mm-hmm. started using that. And it's it's an interesting gun. Like, I could... Yeah. I feel like it's roping me into somewhat considering getting the season pass. Like, I'm not, like, roped oh, wow. in all the way yet. Like, it almost has me, but not there. Not yet. I, gotta, yeah. I feel like I have to play the game a little bit more to really invest into that. And then, I think the season, the thing season one is almost done, I believe. Right? Oh, or is like, already? Or is like, 28 days left, or I guess or until, like, halfway through next month. Oh yeah, I, I can believe that. I can believe that now. Yeah, um, it, I I am the type of person that sticks to kind of like one or two guns, and then that's it. But and this game has so many options for you to take that I really try to. So what I do is with my loadout, with uh, you know my loadout one might be assault rifles, loadout two might be like my snipers or whatever. Like I do try to experiment a little bit more because you know once you un- start unlocking more guns, you can kind of get a better feel for what works in whatever situation. Uh, and I do feel that for the most part, the more guns, like the, the guns that you unlock tend to at least feel a little bit better. I'm not sure if that's totally placebo effect of just like, I've been using this gun forever and I mm-hmm. just like the feel of this new one. But I will say for assault rifle wise, what I think it's the M4A or M14A or something like that. Like it's uh, the third gun down on that list. Yeah. It's, great i love it i feel like i've loved it in in all of these call of duty games it feels like the essential like the quintessential uh, call of duty weapon <laughs> but uh it's so good though and all the attachments are, are great it's it's almost hard for me to like get out i mean you can it works well at close range long range like it's it's really kind of an all-in-one weapon it's like it's the the mario gun i would say you know mario's always like the all-around guy yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but yeah. So great game, honestly, and it, that only keeps getting better. And I'm I'm really really enjoying my time with it. And the other game that I kind of popped into, you know, and this is kind of all the time, but I felt like this was more significant for a few reasons. Is uh, is Overwatch, of course. And man, I picked up a DPS character oh. that I never I never thought I would pick up. Okay. Which, it's crazy. Um, I am a filthy Hanzo player now. Oh, oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> yes, you had the revelation. I did when I really realized it. So, so um, what was it? Was it something that you you played a couple matches with him and something just clicked? Yes. 
Absolutely. I, yeah. I could not play Hanzo before. I would have told you that he is one of the characters I will never, I would never be good at. Or, or I'm just not just good at him at all. Like Genji, I would say I would, I would literally never be good at that character ever. I could play him for a hundred hours and, and be bad. But Hanzo is, I, I just didn't really get him. I could never really hit shots or anything like that, but it was just a few games. I just start. I just kind of stopped caring about my rank, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun at DPS and just play whoever. You know, I want to be kind of a jerk. I'm gonna play Hanzo, and I started destroying people, like <laughs> just completely decimating people on in the in the game, like nice. as Hanzo. And I was like, huh? After the first game, I was like, well, maybe I just got lucky. Maybe they were just bad. Whatever. Like, okay. But then the second game, I was like, hey, well, let's just run it again. I, I kind of had a little bit of fun, you know. And then I, I kept destroying people. And I was like, okay, there might be something here. Once is a is a, an anomaly. Two times is we got a pattern going here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about him. I do love his storm arrows. It just breaks shields so easily. Um, and I really love the skin I have with him. This the Scion skin. And which which has it's like him in the three piece suit. It's really well, I guess two piece because oh. he doesn't have the jacket. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome skin. And you know, I don't know something about like just just getting the dink on people like on, on their head, just from like halfway across the map. It's just so good. Like I, there was one point I literally didn't even aim, didn't even aim, and I just like <laughs> I hit a Moira straight in the head. One one shot kill. Ooh. One shot kill. Hmm. Just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Um, as is my main Hanzo play. So I, I actually am like rising through the ranks now. I, I'm a, I was a low to mid gold DPS. Now I'm like almost, I'm almost plat. I'm like one or two games from plat. Um, I'm just kind of like grinding that out. And yeah, I, another reason why I wanted to kind of bring this up was because Jeff Kaplan was out there talking about very recently kind of in the lead up to the Overwatch League in a few weeks. But he was talking about changing the comp again. Hmm. And I I don't love it. I don't love the idea. They're talking about experimenting with having one tank, three DPS, and two support. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, I I don't like it. I don't like it because it kind of changes. First of all, off tanks are going to be almost useless to me uh mm-hmm. there will be no forward momentum push uh if you don't choose an if, if you yeah if you don't choose a main tank so i mean and, and it's already hard enough to find tanks as it is in the game as someone who plays like a lot of tank most kind of uh, half the time out of necessity rather than desire but like you know I'm, I'm fine with filling a lot of times so like i'll play a lot of tank but you know there's not a lot of us there are not a lot of tank people so or people who could do it well, at least. And there's even less main tanks. You know, if you find a tank, they're more than likely going to play Hog or Zarya or Diva or Ball or something, and not an actual main tank. Um, so shrinking that pool is not good. I don't see them doing that composition and 2-2-2 two, two, two on top of that, because that's going to further split your p- player base. I, they don't want to do that. They've been vocal about that, even with the Overwatch 2 stuff, so I, I don't think that's the move for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that, if that, uh, this might be much ado about nothing, but if that comes to pass, boy, boy, I would like to see what that game looks like. I think they're I, doing it because they want to yeah, eliminate say, double kill. Wait, go ahead. 
I think they want they're doing it because they're trying to eliminate Double Shield. Oh, okay, because I was thinking they they might be doing that to, I guess, make the gameplay. Since they, I think they're really trying to push Overwatch League. You know, the teams as of this you know yeah. current season or this upcoming season, they'll be actually playing in their cities. Um, I think yeah. they want to make watching the game more interesting, which I feel like the game has been already like you know you could I feel like I could get someone that's new to Overwatch to sort of watch an Overwatch League game and somewhat explain it and they'd be somewhat entertained. But I think they I think they're trying to get more of like a you know faster gameplay. They don't want to see any uh people getting like you know walled off or like just they, they don't want the, the the triple tank like what was happening before. I think they're trying to stay as far away from that as they can. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And in some ways that makes sense, but Man, I just, I would be really bummed, like, if that was the case. Um, like, if they just decide to go that way. I just don't know how I like, how I like that. Well, I, I do know how I like it, and that's not at all. But, yeah, we'll have to see. Keep our eyes open on that one. Um, but that's pretty much been it for me, man. Just dabbling in some multiplayer. I'm, I'm super stoked to finish up some of my single player stuff and uh add some new titles to the mix. That'll be that'll be this upcoming week. Yes, this next week I'm going knees deep. Yeah. Some, oh yeah. There's some DBZ Kakarot. I'm yeah. Excited. Oh, I'm excited to hear from you on that cuz I I don't know. Like that game looks that game looks cool. It looks visually it looks it, really cool. Yeah, I just hope they pull it off. It looks all right. So I'm going into this like like I said, I'm really excited, but I'm going into this game knowing that it's going to be it's going to be entertaining. Okay. It's going to be fun in some places. All right. But it probably won't be good. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> like I'm setting myself up for that right now. That I know like the cutscenes are going to be on point. Um, just like the whole like aesthetic of Dragon Ball Z just based off of the trailers that I've seen uh look really good like I'm like getting flashbacks of watching it you know Toonami growing up um and at the same time then I'm looking at certain gameplay mechanics where like the open world sort of looks you know just sort of like there yeah so I don't know I I'm tempering my expectations but I know that I'm gonna have fun with it. I feel Good. like at the end, of, I feel like at the end of the day, like I said, it's all about having fun with video games. If you're having Absolutely. fun, that's what matters. And speaking of having fun, what have you mm-hmm. been playing, Chris? Good segue, nice. So uh, it's been a slow week uh, for the most part. Like the, I guess the highlight of my week, um, yeah, I guess the highlight of the week has been uh, playing the Oculus Quest at a. Uh, my cousin's house. Uh, he picked it up over the, I guess, over the holidays. And, like, I already knew what the quest was. You know, you've talked about it before on the show. Um, we've talked about it, you know, um, in, in like, previous episodes when we talked about VR. But um, just being able to actually, like, get hands-on is a complete, like, I need it in my life again. I need yeah. it in my veins. So, um, I was able to, like, I just off the rip, I was like, yo, what games you got on here? Like, I'm, I, I hope you don't have just like just demos and stuff. He was like, well, 
I do, but I did just start, I just, I think he just started buying games. So he bought Beat Saber and he bought Super Hot VR. So literally the exact same things I bought. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, Beat Saber is cool. I didn't really care too much to try it. I went straight into Super Hot because I, because of my love and experience with that game is really fun. Um, once again, you know, piggybacking off of what you said, over, I guess, last episode. Last episode. Um, you know, just being able to, when you know you're jumping into the headset, uh, setting up the guardian, which is like your uh, your room boundaries. So, yeah. you know, as soon as you put it on, it's like, hey, like, are you going to be stationary where you're just going to be in one spot? If you do that, it's sort of like a, a really like it's like a small circle where it's intended to be played in like really small places or if you're doing like the whole sit down VR like if you're watching stuff or you know doing stuff like yeah. that um, and it recognizes and it remembers the previous play boundaries that you set so you don't have to do it every time mhm that's awesome um, but then uh let's see i think i i tried playing in like a smaller room i did the stationary it when you play super hot you you sort of want to move around you want to you know duck dodge dip dive and dodge mm-hmm. reference there anybody got that <laughs> oh but, uh, man i'm, I'm gonna think <laughs> i'll be thinking about that one for a minute oh oh wait so oh i'm surprised you well this is more like a me type of movie but uh but yeah um so playing super hot once again uh it's it's fun being able to uh if you haven't like seen the gameplay or heard the game. It's a game where you're essentially in a world where the world moves when you move. So, uh, like, you know, with this being a VR, like move, like my, my, uh, I guess like my strategy in this game is basically I'm like, I'll stand and sort of like survey the area. And whenever I like need things to move around, I'll just take one hand and just like start spinning it. Start so spinning my hand while like still seeing what's going on, and a lot of people don't know this, but you could use like your gun or like other objects to block bullets or block things that are being thrown at you. So, I'm I'm essentially like going ultra instinct at this point where I'm seeing things and moving, and I was able to like go through a couple of the levels that my cousin was sort of like, yo, like what are you what are you doing? Like why are you going through these levels so quickly? And I was like, hey. I have a little bit of experience. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit pro at this game. So, uh, you know, played that for a good minute. Um, just the overall quality of the headset, because once again, this is a headset that isn't tethered to a game system, isn't tethered to a PC. It's its own functioning unit. It's actually really cool. Like, yeah. I, I would say comparing it to like PlayStation VR, like it's, I honestly like playing super hot between PSVR and the Quest. Graphically, I couldn't really tell you the difference between the two. Um, I'd say that I enjoyed my playthrough on the Quest because I was able to sort of set my boundaries and have like that bigger play area. Yes, and turn so, around and all that other stuff. You have locomotion. That's a huge difference yeah. in a game like that. So that's you know that that's my experience with super hot. I was able to play another game which. He didn't know that of like that promotion of the uh, Vader Immortal. Vader, right. I was like, yo, let me hop onto the store. I'm gonna download Vader Immortal, and I'm about I'm about to be a Jedi. So 
<laughs> give me a second. So I downloaded the game, started playing, and you're right, man. Vader is tall as fuck. Like, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty, like, intimidating having him, like, walk over yeah. to you and sort of, like, just stand over you and, like, look down at you. Yeah, yeah. It's, and then just knowing who the character is, like, it's, you know, it, being in the world sort of intensifies, like, the whole moment of, you know, meeting him for the first time. Yeah, it's affecting. It's probably my favorite moment of the, I still haven't played episode three yet, but, like, in the first two episodes, it's my favorite moment is, like, when he first comes into frame because it's, mm-hmm. like, you're expecting it sort of, but, like, it happens so quickly and then, like, just, you you it's not actually james Earl jones but it's like close enough and it's yeah. like just visually i think the game just looks so good that I think that helps as well uh i love that I'm, i just love vr games that give you locomotion so yeah. um and that's like the ability of being able to use the control sticks to just move in their environment so I know for some people, if you're just jumping into VR, it may seem a little weird that you're moving uh, without actually like moving your legs. But once again, you're looking at a VR pro, and I was able to just jump in, uh, start walking around. Um, I, you know, I, I essentially went to the settings and turned off any of like the whole like guidance systems. So like, uh, I think there was like something where if you if you're trying to like turn around, it would like. Yeah. You know, alter the vision. No, yeah. turn that off. Yeah. Um, there was one where it's like whenever you had to uh, climb anything, it would like do it automatically. I guess. Yeah. 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 There, it can auto climb or skip sections, or it just won't let you fall. Yeah. Turned all of it off. Yeah. All <laughs> of it. So I had like the full like experience playing this game, nice. and uh, just having a lightsaber in your hand. Yeah, is dope. Like that yeah. that se- that sequence when you get it and you start using it. Yes, it's uh it's, it's pretty gratifying. Like I yeah I had fun. It's the same sounds from the movies that you recognize. Like the mm-hmm. controller has a light hum to it, so like you feel it like actually vibrating in your hand. That's really cool. Um, and they just do a good job of like making the like the combat is pretty basic, but they do a good job of like making it not feel as like uh as simple as it is like they they, they oh, really yeah yeah like i um i think that the that first enemy like everything is super telegraphed but then like the second pair of enemies that you fight with your lightsaber like they of course like they'll um be super telegraphed with like what direction they're going but like in the right. heat of the moment like it's you know all right he's going this way oh snap no he's really going this way so you really have to like adjust which way you're really blocking yeah. and uh yeah I, I got slapped around a couple times i didn't <laughs> i don't can you, i don't know if you could die but like i guess i yeah uh i got hit a couple times but not enough to like kill my character oh, right but, uh it, no it was just it, it still i still felt like a level of you know anticipation like just having like these enemies drop around me and like just being in a lightsaber duel is pretty cool yeah did you did you play episode three no, so I didn't even know that the other episodes were unlocked. I thought it was just episode one. So oh, I no. Look, yeah, I got a lemno to um, download the rest of them. Yeah, it's cool because that promo gets you the whole series, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah, like, uh, I I thought that they would have, uh, it's cool that it's all out right now, 
But the mm-hmm. way like it was sort of like built up was like, oh, episode one, episode two, episode three. I was expecting to like sort of wait for those to just periodically drop. Unless it's been out for a while now, I'm not sure. It's been out for a minute, I believe. Oh, okay, so that's probably why. Yeah. Um did you try any of the dojo stuff? No, I just had enough time to um play I got like right, right to the end of episode one and the headset died. So Oh, okay. Yeah, you um there is a really cool there there are some cool advancements. I mean, don't think of it like a major leap or anything, but like they introduced like uh, a cool gameplay uh, segment basically like in episode 2 that that is really really fun and that makes the dojo stuff even more um I would say varied. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um and another question too is did you did you cast the Oculus? Wait, what do you mean? Oh, like cast it to a screen? Yeah. Oh shit. I even know you could do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's the only thing that I don't love about the quest is that it makes so a lot of that stuff is hidden then i don't even think that the headset itself tells you that it can do it clearly um but you could do it one of two ways you can actually cast from the headset to the phone or to someone's phone so someone can like access the bluetooth i think and then hop on Uh, you have to use it on your phone though so like on your on the oculus app did you get to play around with the app at all Mm -mm. i didn't even know there was an app Oh yeah, so that's how you set up the headset in the first place. Is, oh okay. Yeah, that's how you like kind of get connected and everything. Is you have to download the app on a smartphone. Um, if somehow you don't have a smartphone, I don't know how you have an Oculus. Uh, because yeah, I don't think even think you can. I don't even think you can pair it. I mean, really, like I don't think that you can. Um, but so you've got the app. You can cast to other people's devices who are on who are using their Bluetooth uh, mm-hmm. from your from your app or. You get a Chromecast and you can do it from there, like okay. on a, on a TV. Yeah, um, I think I ran, I cast it one time and it was to it was super hot. Cast it on my phone and it wasn't. So it started out a little choppy, so the connection wasn't like super super great, but eventually it got a little bit better. Um, and that's and is is it choppy on the person that's watching? The cast? Yeah, the person that was watching the cast, I did see some reports, and this was like from mid-2019, So I and I know that they've been releasing updates on this, so it maybe it got better, um, but I know that people said that sometimes the uh, visuals would suffer like a, a slight downgrade when casting. Um, I didn't notice that in Superhot. I mean, Superhot is not visually intensive anyway, but... Yeah. But I, I didn't notice any like stutter or anything wrong in the headset, so that that was fine. Um, but I mean, I was told that it was a little choppy on on the phone, but it, it did kind of straighten itself out. Um, so that's the only thing is that I, I feel like casting could be a little bit better or easier to do because it kind of sucks that you have to get like a peripheral to like mm-hmm. kind of cast the TV. But I mean, I also understand why because like you know you literally have no wires; it's all in the headset, so that makes sense. But yeah, I wish it was a little bit uh, better implementation there. Yeah, that's cool. No, I'm definitely uh, I'm gonna try that out next time I play it. Uh, I did yeah. have a chance to try out the um, uh, the like the hand gestures, like when you're in the main menu. So you know you could do like the instead of using the controller, you could actually just use your hands to sort of swipe through the menus and use your like it picks up your hand, like it scans your hand in. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I mean, that was sort of, I don't know, like, it was a little wonky, 
but just it's it's cool. Like, you know, being in VR and then like looking down and actually seeing like a silhouette of your hand and like it's Absolutely. actually like you know, the like the motions that you're doing with your hand, that's what you see in VR. Yeah. It's um, trippy. It's trippy as hell. It, yeah, it is. So I'm excited to see when developers start putting that in their games. Because, um, like, you know, the technology's there. Oculus has it out there. It's just up to uh, the developers to put it, like, patch it into their games. Yeah, yeah. I, the head tracking as well. I hope that that continues to be improved. Because, I mean, like, honestly, right now, it's the best it's ever been in the Quest. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, like my my hands-on experience with it was uh, it's a thumbs up. Like I, like I, I I don't know. Like I have there's so many things like I'm saving up for, but you know, here comes the Oculus Quest to to ruin it all. (laughs) Dang it! Yeah, so I gotta figure out some way to sort of like save up to pick one up for myself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's not. But, it's not too bad. Four hundred bucks for the sixty-four gig is not like the worst. Like, you know, I mean, it's a lot of money, 60, but like, I'll say sixty-four gigs. You know me better than that. I'm getting the one twenty-eight. Give oh, me the five hundred dollar one. <laughs> yeah, it's just so that price point is so attractive because of where like VR was. Like, it, it's it it's crazy. I mean, I'm not gonna like like it's still a lot of money, but like you know that's not. It's not something that, you know, people are just going to sneeze out of their wallet. But, like, I think we're, compared to where it, it was before, where $1,000 was considered cheap, you know, like, that's yeah. – I, I, it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah, so really excited uh, to finally, like, you know, jump into the quest um, and just, you know, just trying out some of these games, playing Vader Immortal. Like, he gave some really good impressions on it last week, so I uh, mm-hmm. definitely had to try it out, and I'm glad I did. Um, but, um, you know, but besides that, I, I, I think that's all I really did on the quest. And, you know, it's, it's been like a, you know, busy week for me, uh, you know, with work and then, uh, just being back in a you know, full swing of things, you know, it's 2020 mm-hmm. where, you know, what's crazy is that it, we're like halfway through the month. And for me, this has been the fastest I've gone through in January. Like, normally January feels super slow. It feels like, you know, two months combined. But we're already halfway through this, man. Uh, man, can you believe it? Yeah. So, uh, and and with that, you know, we, like we said before, we have, you know, some games coming out that's just, you know, really close, uh, really excited uh, to pick up. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess that's, you know, to be continued to see, mm-hmm. you know, next episode, next couple of episodes, especially next episode, you know, follow back up with us so I can tell you whether or not Kakarot is worth picking up. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Next time on, should next I play that? On, should I play that? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next up, we're going to go ahead and jump into the news for the week. Um, we will start off with the Pokemon Direct that happened about about a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, so the whole build up to you know this Nintendo Direct was it's, it's just I don't, to me it's really funny. Um, you when it comes to like Pokemon games, if you if you play them like more than casually, like you sort of know the rotation of like how these games come out. So you you know you have your mainline games that'll come out. You'll have a spinoff, which was something I was expecting out of, you know, this uh, direct. You have your um, companion apps, 
So, you know, with Last Gen, you had the, um, what was it called? What was it? I know now it's called uh, Pokemon Home. Home it was called, yeah. yeah, it was called something, it was another was uh, it, app. Was it you Bank? Know? Pokemon Bank? Pokemon Bank. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Pokemon Bank Last Generation. Um, so, you know, I knew they were going to talk about that as well, but, you know, there was the toss up of us either getting a Pokemon Sword and Shield 2 or getting uh, a Pokemon uh, Generation remake. So the next Pokemon Generation that's going to be remade or that should be remade is going to be, uh, I think, fourth generation, uh, and that's the Shino region. Okay. So for one, I'm going to say it now. I'm not a fan of the Shino region. Like that <laughs> was like it. I don't know, it was just, like, the one, you know, generation of Pokemon where I, was, I wasn't really too big of a fan of, like, the Why designs. I, like, you know, the designs were a little bit off, and, like, none of the, like, you know, uh, there's only, like, a couple of trainers like, in, like, the lore of Shino that's, you know, memorable. Like, you mm-hmm. have the champion, you know, Cynthia, um, but that's, I don't know, to me, like, that's the only, like trainer I could really grab out of that region that's just memorable to me. Like, I guess that's, and for me, I guess that's probably, like, a time of, time of my life where I just didn't play Pokemon as much. Like, I still played it, but, like, I honestly, like, other re- like other generations, I could sort of, like, let you know, like, you know, what order of gyms you go through, who the gym uh, leaders are, percent, like, potentially, like, which Pokemon they have. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, I just didn't care. So, I'm <laughs> You know, I, I, I guess I'm sort of, you know, part of like the Shino Haters Club. And <laughs> I was excited when they didn't announce a remaster or, you know, the, a remake of the generation. Uh, so they went ahead and instead of doing, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield 2, which I feel like if they announced that, that would have been wild. People would have been pissed. Uh, they, they're taking a new route. Uh, they are instead releasing DLC for Sword and Shield. Which essentially for $30, you'll get two DLC packs, which will add new environments, new Pokemon, uh, new clothing items, and like more story based missions and stuff like that. And, and this is $30 like for both packs, right? Because I exactly. was, I was very confused when they announced that because they said $30 each. And I was like, I don't know what, what that means. Like you don't often see, um, you don't often see DLC, like one piece of DLC, like one cumulative piece being referred to as like, like each. It just made it seem like part one was 30 and part two was 30. Yeah. So while watching the direct, I was also confused. I was thinking, um, so there's, there's, uh, two expansion. There's the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. And the way they sort of like, uh, like, had like the DLC, like the theme colors. I was thinking, damn, I wonder if one of these DLCs is for Pokemon Sword and the other one is for uh, Pokemon Shield. But it turns out they're both essentially for each game. So like you said, it was confusing when they were saying both, but they, I guess they meant for both Sword and Shield, you're getting this DLC for $30. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit confusing there, but, um, you know, like I said, uh, it's cool that they are adding new environments, adding a extension to the wild area, which is pretty cool. 
Uh, and then, of course, like the biggest like thing to a lot of people is that we're getting, uh, you know, missing Pokemon from the Pokedex. So each expansion will be adding uh, more of those missing Pokemon. And that that means that they're going to just be like in the wild for you to catch. Yes. Okay. So um, another like, um, I guess, con- like bit of confusion for a lot of people is that they said that, you know, the new Pokemon will be, you know, available for everybody. But it's more or less available. So, like, if I get the expansion and I catch Pokemon, I could trade it to you if you didn't have the expansion. That, that's the one aspect of that whole thing that actually made total sense to me. Like, when they were talking about it, I was like, oh, okay. Because I think they, at one point they even say, like, you can trade amongst each other, but we'll have like po- certain Pokemon that are ex- version exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, of past Pokemon. That, that, yeah, that part made sense to me. Um, and I think that's actually a, like a, a cool way to do it. And it incentivizes, and it's smart because obviously it incentivizes you to get the other version. Like, and, and, you know, they're always pushing like people to kind of, oh yeah, you definitely want both of these guys. Like, pay us twice. Like, you want both versions. And I think doing this DLC that way is like brilliant. Cause I actually wasn't sure like if, as they were kind of announcing this and saying, oh, yeah, this is an, exp- an actual expansion, like, I actually wasn't sure if they were going to make everything available to everyone. And it sounds like maybe with the legendary Pokemon, like, they'll be the same. Like, you'll have equal uh, equal opportunity. But, like, with just the version-specific ones, the mm-hmm. the past Pokemon, they won't. And I, I I think that's interesting. I'm not mad about, at it. Yeah, so, I mean, for people that were annoyed that legendary Pokemon uh was like because i mean for i think just in the base game essentially it was just two legendaries that you got right um so you know they're adding past legendaries and like i want to say a good amount of them too um yeah that actually segues into like my most like kind of anticipated feature of this whole thing is the because i'll I'll probably end up picking this up i I, you know you know i play pretty casually anyway but like i this looks kind of cool, and the thing I'm most excited about is that multiplayer dungeon, that like that co-op thing. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool because that is actually that's what houses the legendary birds, right? Yeah, yeah, sounds super cool. Yeah, so and I just I I want to see how that's implemented because for the most part, when you're doing your you know quote unquote co-op in the game, it's just those raid battles, and it's like a, you know you're in a static battle, and that's it. But they're making it sound like you're, since you're in these caves, you'll be yeah. able to run around with each other. Yeah, they sound like they're instances, basically. Yeah, so cool. It's it's cool, and I, I sort of want to talk a little bit about the, I want to say controversy, but you, you know, whenever these you know things like this get announced, people want to be up in arms about stuff. So let's, I guess, let's talk about this. Let's talk about you know the route that Game Freak that they're taking. They're doing DLC. Instead of doing, you know, full-fledged, like, just, you know, sequels. So, to me, I I appreciate the DLC. I'd rather do DLC than having to pay another $60 for another game. Um, to me, I feel that for, like, to add more story, that's great. That's something that we've all been asking for in Pokemon games. Um... And being able to continue like that story with your character instead of starting a brand new game with, you know, you have to start over with new Pokemon, start over with a new character. The character that you played as in the, you know, the previous game is like just missing or mm-hmm. is like a no name that no one knows where they went. 
So, you know, I think that this progression of like doing it as a DLC, containing the story all together in Sword and Shield, that's definitely like a, you know, thumbs up uh for me. Um mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like I don't I don't see why people are like super mad about it. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I I don't understand that either. I, I can't say I was expecting this because I guess I did just expect them to maybe put out a remake of this, like maybe on in 2021 or so, not this, sorry, of the the Sinnoh game in 2021 or something. Obviously, Mystery Dungeon will probably be their 2020 offering, um, and this DLC now that we know. Oh, and, but, and I loved I loved how people like the people that are like wanting the Sinnoh remake, they were pissed that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon was uh announced and said oh yeah i have almost no history with pokemon dungeon so i was like okay cool um but yeah like i i I don't see what why people would be upset about this just because i mean it looks like it's more of what people wanted of out of sword and shield or or maybe Mm -hmm. didn't want maybe they have an opportunity to correct some of those things um you know a little bit i guess you don't have they don't have that much development time on it but um it seems like it might be pretty like fairly early in development because there wasn't a lot of actual footage that they showed mostly Mm -hmm. it was like pictures and stuff i'm just hyped because blastoise is back in Honestly, <laughs> like he's my favorite Pokemon of all time. So like, and the fact that he gets like a Gigamax version, like I'm extremely excited about that. Um, yeah. And even the Venusaur Gigamax looks like, or Gigantamax like looks like looks really cool too. So I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of hype about that. Like that's that's nice. And and you know you know I was kind of lukewarm on on Pokemon Sword and Shield, but like. I'd, I'd be down to play more of this because it was like a pretty breezy game for me. Like I enjoyed going through the new region. I enjoyed seeing like the sports aspect. I kind of want more of that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can kind of take or leave the story. I don't really, really care too much one way or the other on that, but like I, I think it'd be cool to return to like this world with the team that I currently have and, uh, hang out with my Cinder Bunny or Cinder Ace, like, you know, a little <laughs> bit. Like I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and seeing seeing the um starters get like their own uh Gigantamax forms were pretty, it was pretty cool. Um I love that uh Antilion is like in a sniper roost. Yeah, what is that about? Man, he's ready to take someone out. <laughs> yeah, might have to uh get those that starter egg from you so I can prepare. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely gotta do that. Uh and I I still, I, I still haven't finished my Pokedex. I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to try and complete it before these expansions come out. I don't know. I'm sort of like taking like the, the casual route now. Like, like, you know, before I would, by now I would have had the, you know, Pokedex completed. I would have had some like, you know, teams ready to, you know, start battling folks, but I'm sort of, you know, I feel like I'm like a retired Pokemon trainer where I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here for the, you know, here for the good time, not a long time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is cool though. I I think it's it's really cool and smart of them to do this like how they're doing it. Um, you know, the release date seemed cool, one smack dab in the middle of the year and then the next one coming out towards the end. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh that's that story. Once again, uh when we get more information, uh we'll definitely talk about it on the show. Uh next up, let's uh let's go ahead and and uh talk to, talk about the Epic Game Store. And I don't think this is their year in review yet. Yeah. But um they they put out some some stats 
about, you know, uh, total downloads, how much they've made. And they made some, they made some good money. Uh, I, I know you're loving this right now. I'm, oh man, I'm loving it right now. So, uh, Epic Game Store, they've, uh, they've grossed about 680 million, uh, since, you know, it's, it's launch. Uh, over 108 million accounts have been downloaded at least one game from the store. Once again, Epic Game Store, uh, essentially every week you can log on and they have like a game for you to download. That you could just add to your library. So mm-hmm. if you have a PC, go ahead and just make your account. Do it. If you have a laptop, once again, just yep. download download the thing, and you don't even have to install the game onto your uh, computer or laptop. Yeah. You just essentially have to pair it to your account, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So there's been over 300 million Epic accounts registered across all platforms. And third-party game revenue is about 251 million, and that's 60 percent higher than like what they forecasted. So, that to me is a pretty big deal as well. I mean, that means that they're getting interest from from other you know players and, and publishers, and that means that you know that longevity of this is could be you know even better than they were expecting for sure. Yeah, because essentially you know these the developers and uh, publishers they're they're making more money by being on the store. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. So with those stats, what do you what do you feel? What do you what are you thinking? I mean, it's fine. Like I I don't. I think it's fine. Epic Game Store is fine, people. It's fine. You could download another thing. I know, like, or, I know before we've had episodes where we kind of talk about, like, you know, and I've said, I know, and I'll cop to that. You know, it's like, oh man, you know, I kind of get why people want like one thing like epic game store exclusives are can maybe be bad in the future like you know but at the end of the day like this doesn't really affect me too bad like the free game stuff is really cool they do give out some some nice free games that are not a hassle to to download and clearly given these numbers like people are taking advantage of it um you know there were we're in the hundreds of millions here of, of players like that's that's a pretty that's nothing to sneeze at you know i i think it's overall it's at least healthy as a they're healthy as a competitor to steam uh, in ea access i think to a lesser degree like you know it and it's not been around for very long either yeah so i think that maybe goes into how powerful epic is as well as a publisher i mean they're a powerhouse at this point. So, um, you know, to, oh, dang, I gotta check these coupons I got from them too. Uh, over like Christmas break, they gave, uh, people coupons, like $10 off. Yeah. So like just to, you know, be able to like, and of course, you know, I feel like this is like the, the, uh, was it like the carrot and the stick type of thing where they're sort of luring us in and, yeah. you know, what, you know, who's, who's to say that next year they won't, well, I think they officially said that they're continuing the new games, uh, in, going into 2020. Right. So like I said, every week you just log in, get a new game. Uh, but who's yeah. to say that, you know, next time they have like these big sales that they won't do these dip, deep discounts or hand out all these coupons. But I yeah. mean, if they, if they keep doing what they're doing, what is it the hate? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it. And that's the thing is like some people could look at that and be like, you know, they could look at these numbers and say, okay, well, buying exclusives works and they wouldn't be wrong. Like I think 
I don't know if it's the exclusivity that does it more than anything else, because I mean, when I think of the Epic exclusive games, I think of like, uh, I think of Borderlands 3. I know there was another big one in there, and I, I can't remember what it is at the moment, but, um, you know, I think more than anything, it might have been the free games that, mm-hmm. that also put it over the edge. I mean, given that, like, you, you said, what, 108 million accounts, um, you know, have at least one of those games, like, yeah. one game, I would, I would imagine, that a high percentage of that is going to be like one of the free titles. I think they did download it for free. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that this is, this is the, like you just said, this is the carrot, you know, on the stick. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's see if valve, if they, you know, start doing more things on steam, you know, EA access, you know, there's, there's a bunch of storefronts that's on the, on, on the PC. Let's see. Yeah how people, you know, react to this. So, uh, once again, developing story, we'll see what happens later. Our last story now, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, a couple of statements that have been made for at least the um, Xbox Series X. That's what I want to talk about. I know PlayStation, they've gone on record and say, said something too about this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the big news of this past week has been that the Xbox Series X won't have exclusives for their first year. So, um, I don't have who, well, like what article this came off of, but this is like a, you know, it's a Xbox rep, you know, talking in an interview with, you know, some website and people, when, you know, once this went live, people were up in arms. They're like, what do you, what do you mean that they, they won't have exclusive games? Why would I want to buy an Xbox Series X? If it's not going to be exclusive. Well, I think the important thing to note too is that, and I'm not saying it's not a big deal because I, I mean, it, clearly it is, but like to specify, um, to specify, they said they will not have exclusive first party games in the first year. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think that's what the actual quote was rather than we're not going to have exclusive games ever. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Dang, I don't. Yeah, I didn't mean it by like that. Uh, okay. but yeah. So yeah. So it's um, like you said, it's the uh, you know the first party, which you know for Microsoft has been like a big thing because of Xbox One. You know the the whole lack of you know exclusive games or first party games. Uh, but here's the thing, guys. I feel like you know once again this is another like internet thing blown out of proportion. Uh, if you look at, you know, any of like the Microsoft consoles, PlayStation consoles that have come out, these consoles aren't really like released for them to be making money. Like none of these systems have released and none of them have been profitable for at least a couple years down the road. So, uh, I feel that Microsoft, they're sticking with their, I feel like their mantra of giving the player choice. So, you know, you have games like uh, Halo Infinite. That's going to be, you, you know, once that's out, you can play it on Series X. You can play it on the Xbox One. Xbox One, whether you have the Xbox One S or um, Xbox One X, you know, for the people that have invested and bought that system, they'll still be able to get some use out of that investment. Um, right. You know, you like I said, you can play it on PC. You can play on, uh, Project X Cloud. Like you have number, you have, you know, numerous ways of playing this game. 
And that's what, that's what's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's what's really good about what they're doing with just their whole ecosystem of hardware. Um, of course, like I said, um, not everybody's going to run out and buy an Xbox Series X. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, and this all is comes down to, Microsoft, I mean, their priorities are just different right now. Yeah. Like they're not, they're, they're not going to chase after the Sony, the same thing that Sony is, is going to do. Like I think Sony's going to stay relatively in their lane. They're, they are trying to give, I think, everyone the most traditional console experience I think you can get. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm not. Like I enjoy what they give us, but, but I think they're also, they, they're, they're shooting for number one in, in the way that we expect them to. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's not really, they're not really playing that game anymore because they can't, I don't think that they think they can win that way. And, and that's the thing is that like, you know, you're not, think of it like the Marvel and DC stuff, right? Like Marvel makes films in a very specific way. Like as, you know, there's no denying like the just consistent quality of them. Like whether you dislike them personally or, or, or like them, I mean, there is a, a quality to them that, you know, is expected and like they don't veer too far off that course like even if like you know maybe one movie might be vanilla and the other one's chocolate they're both still ice cream at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but with like dc and what they're trying to do i think they've been more unsuccessful trying to replicate all the stuff that marvel's doing and then they're going off the beaten path with making things like uh shazam and and uh wonder woman things that that don't feel so tied to that specific formula i don't mean to get too far off the, the beaten path with that comparison but my, the, my point is that like they're they're winning dc is winning right now not by not playing marvel's game like they're they're the, the latest like three movies that they've made maybe four like have made a shit ton of money and i've actually like been uh critically and like commercially successful so like i i, I don't like with with Microsoft in this statement that they're putting out, I think like what they're really saying here is that, you know, we're, we're focused on play anywhere. Like we're not going to have like a bunch of first party exclusive in the first year or so, because like we're going to be focused on giving you your games literally everywhere you go. We're focused on mm-hmm. launching X cloud. We're focused on like game pass and things like that. Like that's, that's where they're kind of banking their, they're hedging their bets on. Um, whereas Sony is going to say like, Hey, look, we got sucker punch. We got naughty dog. We got insomniac. Like we got, you know, all these studios here that, well, maybe not wait. Insomniac is they're away from Microsoft now. Right. Like that's just, okay. Um, yeah, like we've got all these, these, you know, amazing studios, Santa Monica, um, you know, all these great studios here in house. And we're going to give you these great single player cinematic experience games. Like that's what we're going to do for you. Um, and that's great, you know, but that's, that's one lane, you know, Nintendo's obviously they're always doing their own thing. So that's, that's them. Um, and and that's all this really means to me right now. Like until we really get more concrete information and we see what the hell they're doing, like behind the scenes, like I don't think that this is really a cause for alarm. Oh no, yeah. Um, like I said at the beginning of this, all of this is really blown out of proportion. Uh, it's I think I think Microsoft they're playing like the long game right now. 
where they're like, you know, past couple of years, they've been, you know, investing in these studios. Uh, they've been investing in the technology with uh, Project X Cloud. They've, you know, revolutionized, you know, the industry with the Game Pass, which I, once again, the best value of in gaming, hands down, is Games Pass. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I feel like Microsoft is in a good spot for, for you can sort of think it, look at it like if you're playing like League or something like that, where like you know the you know you're the beginning of the game is sort of you know you might have really messed up your character or like it's really slow at the beginning, but you're really starting to think of end game. You're thinking late game, right. and they're setting themselves up now so that once they get into the late game. They're going to be the ones standing on top or they're going to be the ones that at least will be shaking up the industry to like make Sony, you know, start doing cross, you know, cross platform or make Sony change how PlayStation now functions. So they've already started making these moves that are now affecting Sony. So uh, at the end of the day, Microsoft, they're, they're in a good spot. They're not going anywhere. You know, there's no doom and gloom that we have to worry about with Microsoft. Yeah. Um, no, they'll be fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll be good. Stop crying, people. <laughs> so, uh, you know, at the end of that, you know, uh, we want to hear from you guys in the comments. How do you guys feel about, you know, what they've said about, you know, the first party games not being exclusive? Uh, do you care? Uh, are you, you know, so team PlayStation that, you know, you're sort of blinded by, like, how insignificant this whole conversation is at the end of the day? Because <laughs> this is, because, I mean, some people, I feel like they, they're so, they're so into the whole PlayStation versus Xbox that I don't know if it's because it's like, you know, them being part of like a quote unquote team. That they have to like, you know, battle to the death with people for these things. So it's, what you're saying is that console wars are stupid. It, oof, yes. How many times have we said this on this show? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, they they are bad and dumb. Please don't do them. Yeah. So, um, you know, we want to know what you guys think in the comments, um, or we want to know what you guys think, you know, on our social media pages. So, uh, once again, we're on Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, anywhere, we're there. At should I play that? So if you're not following us already, follow us, join the conversation, and join the family. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our topic for the evening. Um, and with this topic, it's, uh, it's a story that I uh, saw on Reset Era where a small indie developer essentially, and I want to say small, like really small, uh, they essentially put their game on Pirate Bay because, you know, I guess they weren't really seeing sales or anything, or that more or less they wanted to have people, I guess, try out the game. And then, like, at the end of it, they were like, hey, you know, there's no gimmick here. We just ask that if you really like the game, go on Steam and, you know, pick it up. Essentially, they saw that they saw a huge uptick, you know, 400% uh, uptick in sales. And I don't know, it sort of got me thinking, you know, that like demos, like you really don't see demos 
like in the PlayStation Store anymore or in the Xbox Live Store. Um, you do, but they're not advertised anymore, really. Exactly. Like it, it's very rare. Like there's a there's a demo section like in in Xbox Live, in PlayStation Network, in um the the eShop. Like there are like designated spots that say, hey, this is the demo section. But there's it's very rare nowadays where like you know you'll get any media about it. I mean the PlayStation Network, in my opinion, um does a really poor job of telling you where anything is at any given moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the Nintendo shop, in, in all honesty, does a better job of, like, kind of telling you in, like, your news feed that you get on the Switch, like, kind of where things are. Or at least, like, hey, this demo's out. Because I've seen more than once, like, a demo that has released, and it will appear, like, in my feed there. And that's nice. Um, but it doesn't happen a lot. I mean, I mean the, the core comment that you're making about them just not being much of a thing anymore is is absolutely true like that that part is right yeah so this week we sort of want to talk about like how like and once again in the comments let's talk let's like let's chat about this but how do you feel about game demos in general uh should the industry bring them back uh do you think that they're dead because i mean there's been like studies in the past that uh like for some games like them releasing a demo has essentially like, you know, lost them sales because people will jump into the game and like completely be thrown off by it. And it's like a couple times that's actually happened for me. Like I've like, in particular, I'm thinking of I think Dead Space, like the original Dead Space. I played the demo of the Dead Space uh, game, hated it. Like I was like, yo, this is stupid. I I'm not gonna buy this game anymore. Uh, and then, like, later down the road, like, just happened to just, like, just pick up the game off the win and loved it. Like, just fell in love with the franchise. And, like, it's just weird that there was something about the demo that was just, I, it just it either didn't click or something which was just off-putting for me that right. stopped me from buying the full game. So I can attest that it's true. Sometimes demos may show a game in a weird light that will sort of throw you off of the game or it may just, you know, save you from a purchase of, you know, you just straight up wouldn't have liked the game. It'll save you the 60 bucks. But I don't know, like there's these small instances where something like this will happen where uh, people, when they finally get their hands on the game, they're like, wow, I really like this game. Let me go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few reasons for this, uh, to be honest. So one of them is that, you know, it, it is what you actually just said is that, um, they are, the studies are, are correct. Like, you know, it, sometimes people are kind of satisfied. Like they, they know what they're getting at that point. And so they know if they're going to get it or they know if they're not. And inevitably you'll get a bunch of people that say, Oh, you know what? I don't need to spend, you know, 50, 60 bucks on this thing. Like, all right, I'm good. Um, another reason, I think maybe even perhaps the bigger reason is that developing a demo takes away resources from actually developing the game itself. Um, that's a, a large reason why when these, the, a lot of these demos get released, uh, and, and a lot of developers have talked about this in the past, um, they'll actually be like trade show demos and things like that. Like when the Final Fantasy VII demo drops, like at some point in the near future, like it'll probably be that E3 or PAX demo that have been, that has, we've seen 
numerous times like the one with the boss battle um with the robot thing i forgot the name of it but like it's the one that we've seen uh before um and that's because like they're not going to the developers are not going to waste time and resources developing a demo where they need to arbitrarily like cut things off like uh, people think that demos are just like a vertical slice of the game that they just kind of like say okay well now you just got to stop playing here it's like no they actually have to construct like certain um parameters of like the actual design of the game specifically for play in this environment so it's like um you know so it's it's literally a thing that they have to create specifically for uh demo purposes um and and that that is something that has to be budgeted for it needs to be uh, allocated time-wise like for the development team like it's something that they need to to accurately uh anticipate and, and, and plan for and there's just not a lot of time to do that especially in the game development environment that we have now um it's just not feasible or as feasible as it once was um and so publishers just ultimately aren't seeing the the results bearing enough fruit to continue doing that and and that's partially that's a large reason why we don't see a lot of demos today so i guess going back to the question like do you like personally do you feel that the industry should bring back demos or maybe find a different way of like implementing these type of things. Cause like I, I, I love how Nintendo, they like for, for the most part, Nintendo's hit or miss with how they handle demos. It's either, Hey, you have this game. You can only play it for 15 minutes twice. After right. that, you can't play it anymore. Right. That sucks. I hate that. But then you have demos like, uh, Dragon Quest 11 where it's like a nice, like little chunk of the game. But then you could also take what you did in the game and carry it over to the full game. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, as a consumer, like that's, I mean, of course I would, I love demos. Like, I mean, there are certain ones that I won't play. Like the Dragon Quest 11 one is one I'm, I'm a little hesitant to play because like it is such a, you could play that thing for like 10 plus hours and you know, I, I don't want to do that and then, and then, put it down for you know i don't know months and then go oh yeah i want to play that dragon quest thing and then kind of like start over from my 10 hour mark because then at that point it's like well i've forgotten everything so it's not really worth it to me so demos like that kind of scare me sometimes but if it's something like i'm trying to think of something really cool because i've I've played some good stuff recently like some good demos. Um, Code Vein is a demo I played recently. And in that, it's, that's funny because I actually discovered I didn't want to play that game. Like after trying oh. it. Um, <laughs> you know, it was okay, but I played it. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. I'm good on this. I'm good. This is nice. Maybe at $10 I'll play it, but like I'm actually good on this. Um, but yeah, I, I think the way that Nintendo does it is, is, is super special. And again, like I, as a consumer, would love to see more of them. I just don't know another way to, to do it. I do appreciate the network tests though that get put out because they oh, help. Yeah. Yeah. They help strain like a, a, like servers for the game. And, you know, obviously they're able to, the developers are able to better assess like, you know, maybe uh, load traffic and, and things like that. Um, and, and it's a pretty decent chunk of the game as well. I'm more familiar with like Dark Souls and Neo and things like that. Um, I think maybe Division did it, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Recon, like a lot of those type of games do it. I think like always online games are, are pretty good for this as well and tend to have a lot of network tests. 
Um, but some of my fondest memories, like from back in the day, are demos, like the Dreamcast uh, Power Pack One or whatever it was called, like that had Sonic Adventure One, House of the Dead Two, Power Stone, classic. It's it's insane. Like the Sega Bass Fishing, like that. That's a classic too, man. Like it, they they had so many great games on there, and and you know the Dreamcast magazine and the PlayStation magazine had demo discs every single month, and those were really exciting times. I don't know. We're never gonna go back to that, um, but yeah, it's you know. yeah. I, I think like that had whole era. Like it, you know, it came and went, and I think right. that, like, that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, digitally, like digital type of uh, uh, demo disc. I don't know how how that would work, but yeah. I mean, you know, I, the idea is possible, and I mean that's kind of what we have now, right? I mean, with the demo sections on these uh, proprietary stores, like that's mm-hmm. that is what those are. Like they're they're accessible to you at any time. You know, you could go grab a game off of those shops and and play it. Like th- those are the demo discs nowadays, really. Um, unless you're talking about like, hey, I the like monthly demos or something like that. Yeah, like just more or less like curated demos that I'm trying to remember. I think um, I know like certain magazines will have like you know when they had those monthly curated demos, they like you have like a little bit of like a deeper dive on the game. So, you know, a little bit more about the game and like more of like the behind the scenes type of stuff. Yeah. I they think, did have like some cool behind the scenes videos, sometimes related to that game and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. I think PlayStation did that. I think mm-hmm. there was like a PlayStation magazine that, um, mm-hmm. when they had those demo discs, they would have like exclusive like videos. So you could sort of see like the development of these games. So, it, we're, just, we're just in a different time. Um, yeah. I feel like what this, the, uh, you know, go back to the beginning of the story that what this indie developer did, I feel like on a smaller scale, doing stuff like what he did, putting out on Pirate Bay, and sort of like, you know, for one, putting it on Pirate Bay, getting like the generation that way, but then also getting the buzz of like, you know, I think it was Polygon that wrote the article. Uh, mm-hmm. now that, you know, Polygon's talking about it, you have more eyes on it, you have more people that are either going to go to Pirate Bay and play the game that way, or they might just go to, you know, Steam and just pick it up. How, how expensive was the game? What's the MSRP on it? Uh, I think it's pretty cheap. Like I said, it was like a, it's a really small game. Right. I... It's funny because like he could have re- released it on the Nintendo Switch and then d- discounted it by 99%. Mm-hmm. Like all the yeah. other developers. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a whole other thing. All right, so I, I pulled it up on Steam. It's uh, it's a ten dollar game. Oh, okay, okay. So not too, not too bad. Yeah, I mean that's good. I mean, good for him. You know, that's you know his decision to make, his choice to make, and you know clearly it's paying off for him. You know, it, it got the attention that I think he wanted it to get. So, yeah, I mean it, it's cool. The era of the demo. I feel like as we remember it is over, but I mean, there are so many other ways to try all these games now, like PSN, uh, PS plus, um, it gives, they do those 30 day trial things or maybe not 30 days. It might be like a week or something. Maybe, I don't know. It's like a certain amount of time you can play. Um, uh, Xbox game pass obviously is so cheap that you can try a shit ton of games for, for not a lot of money at all, like a few dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's 
it's really good. I think it also free to play is a, is is such a big thing now. It's a, it's such a big business model that I think that you can you can theoretically play games for quote unquote free, you know, for for a really long time and, and be okay. I think just the gaming industry, the landscape has changed so much that I don't know if we need demos in the same way that we did before, but they're always welcome. They're always welcome. Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of those, like, you know, we, we are showing our age when we talk, we're talking about demo disc and gaming magazines. Like people <laughs> nowadays are like, well, what is that? What's a, uh, What's a game? What's oh no, Game Informer still alive? Uh, yeah, whoops. Uh, what's, uh, what's, a, what's a what's a magazine? Nintendo Power. Yeah. What, oh yeah. Just what's a magazine? That's the, <laughs> that's the real question right there. So, yeah. um, yeah. Like I, it's it, oh, it's a, it's an interesting topic. It's a it's just it's interesting sort of like you know stepping back and sort of like looking at things like this. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's what we like doing this on the show. That's what we like bringing up these topics. Um, we want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think? Uh, do you guys like demos? Do you, you know, don't care about it? Are you, you know, a person of culture and you, you know, <laughs> you just buy all your games just straight up? Or yeah. are you, you know, smart and savvy and you have Game Pass or you use these other services where you could, you know, pretty much get everything all together? Yeah, you you could be like me and just play as just just play just play some good demos. Just play some demo because I I can't resist a good demo. Like if if it's something I've been anticipating for a while, maybe I won't play it. Like I know if it if it's coming out and I know I'm gonna purchase it, mm-hmm. I might not play it. But if it's something I'm super on the fence on, it's just like it's it's a good opportunity to gauge to gauge interest. Like you said in the very beginning, you know maybe I get turned off by it, but maybe I get. Like become more interested, you know. And so, I just thought about this. I think the you know thinking, you know, ahead. I think the the new age demo now is to give a content creator a game for them to stream. Absolutely, a lot yeah. of people watch streams. A lot of people, you know, they they'll watch our they'll watch or listen to our podcast and like, oh, you know, so, you know, Rod really liked this game. Let me go ahead and check it out. Or Chris is really raving about this game. I should pick it up. Or Chris is talking too much about this game, and I'm pretty much damn sick of it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm kidding. Right. But um, I think that's the next thing. And I think that's not even the next thing. That's what, you know, the industry is sort of leaning towards now. Mm -hmm. Um, On the way home, I was uh, listening to, like, a a streamer talk about uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. They already have the game. They're like early on, like they're able to stream the game right now, or as of you know us recording this episode, they're able to stream it, but they can't put their reviews out yet. So, mm, uh, you know, always yeah. a good sign. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people have been like streaming it and tuning into these streams, just sort of to, like you know check out the game, see a little bit more. Uh, I think, and I, I think with like how big streaming is nowadays. I think that's that's it. I feel like that's the most cost-effective way of, you know, demoing out a game is to, you know, hand it out to someone that has, you know, a, a decent following and having people watch it from there. Yeah. I think that's it. That's the future. Streamers. Great. <laughs> you don't sound excited. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, I, I feel like you, you just want your demos and you, you, 
you're you're more of a hands-on person. You'd rather have it yourself, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, it's it's hard for me to like sit and watch people. I think the only people I th- I think I do that with is, is the Giant Bomb crew, and I just and it's nothing. It's really nothing against like like streamers in general. Well, some of them, but like you know, I I, I think that yeah, I, I am more of a hands-on person. I, I need to be able to like kind of see and and touch and like kind of interact with the media myself um just in order to find out like if i'm really gonna like it um because if i'm watching someone do something and it's just like i wish i was in there doing that right now um but i think that's just maybe a me thing yeah and the same like like you know talking about like the streamer the, the streamer that i was listening to um Never watched Dragon Ball Z. So, like, oh, sort of wow. hearing, yeah, so sort of hearing him, like, you know, talk about certain characters and, like, oh, I wonder if this character is, you know, gonna do this. I'm like, of course. You, ple- what's the word? Pleb? You plebe? Yeah. Pleb? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that actually sounds really interesting because I, I listened to, um, uh, Jeff Gersman and, and Dan Reichert go into, uh, big shout out to Dan Reichert, by the way. He actually, went he left giant bomb to go uh do some other stuff but yeah definitely will miss him but they actually talked about dragon ball z on a podcast like and they had never they don't they didn't even like anime at all and then they watched dragon ball z and that was a journey my friend that was didn't a they like go through like the you know the the series yes they well they went through the beginning of dragon ball z up until the end of the boo saga so I guess yeah, that's all of Z then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did, they did all of Z. Um, they haven't done Super, and they didn't do the original Dragon Ball. And I don't know if they'll do it, do any more now that Dan left. But that was great. Called All Systems Goku. Great, great show. Just about people who did not like anime before watching Dragon Ball Z and seeing them come out on the other side is just glorious, absolutely mm-hmm. glorious. And also, Dragon Ball Z is absurd as shit. And it, it's just, it's just like, I mean, I, I, I love it. It's great, but like, it is insane. And as a, someone coming in fresh, like just kind of getting that fresh perspective is just, it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Well, this is going to be it for another episode. This is episode 47. Oh, in God. The bag. Rod, what you got for us, man? Oh, man. Speaking of demos. Oculus Quest has some good demos you could try if you have a <laughs> quest. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was trying to tra- turn that into something. I, I, I don't know. Um, as always, play some awesome video games. Have fun. Live life. Also, if you want to support us, definitely leave us a comment or rating on our iTunes page, you know, on the podcast section. We've got a few reviews up there. We've got some ratings as well always excited to see those it just helps with our visibility it is the way to help support the show if you've enjoyed us up to this point really appreciate you guys that's it oh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh you know like our stuff share our stuff uh just comment join the family that's all that's what it's all about and guys play more video games have fun that's that's the key is having fun. A lot of people like blow these things out of proportion. It, there are a lot of times I'm talking to video games, you know, talking about video games with people just out and about. And, you know, they'll like complain about certain things and they'll like keep complaining. And I'll like, I pull them off to the side. And I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Like, 
are you are you having fun? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? No, nah, I'm not having fun. But like, they, I don't know. It's like it scratches the itch, but then at the same time, like they're they're hating it. Mm-hmm. Sort of pull yourself out. Like, play something different. Play something you know new. Uh, you know, we talk about different genres in uh, on this show. Uh, we have our game of the year. 2019 episode ton of great games on that episode so if you you know if you're looking for something new check it out uh katana zero great game shout out to them once again uh but that's gonna be it for us for episode 47 guys uh have fun be positive drink your water and stay beastly peace